Thank you very much, and it's a pleasure to be here with you. I wish they'd scheduled that race a little earlier or later this morning. You may have looked out the window and seen all those people running this morning. But that's a really delightful thing to see continuing around the country, not just in this country, but literally around the world. It was once said by Rudyard Kipling, the nations have passed away and left no traces, and history gives the cause of it. One single simple reason in all cases they fell because their people were not fit. Fitness, what do we mean by fitness? There's spiritual fitness, there's moral fitness. We've heard an awful lot the last two days about academic fitness. But physical fitness, let's concentrate on that for a few minutes this morning. But what do you mean by being physically fit? For years, physicians have classified their patients as being physically fit if they're free from disease. A young lady might say that's synonymous with a beautiful figure. A young man might say that it's synonymous with large bulging muscles, a weightlifter type of physique. But I'm here to tell you that unless you're fit for life, unless you have cardiovascular pulmonary fitness, you're really not fit for life. In the first book, aerobics, published back in 1968, I felt that exercise was the key to health, the key to fitness, and made such statements as exercise overcomes many, if not all, of the deleterious effects of diet. I didn't feel you could run a good thing in the ground. The more, the better. But over the years, I've modified those ideas and those recommendations to the extent that the aerobics program for total well-being published in 1982, I made this statement, there's nothing known to man totally protective against coronary disease, whether it's medicine, surgery, or marathon running. Also made the statement, if you're running more than 15 miles a week, you're running for something other than cardiovascular fitness. What caused that change in concept and ideas and recommendations over that period of about 14 years? Far too many times has brought to my attention over the early 70s of people who followed my guidelines exactly regarding their exercise program. They were running, they were walking, they were cycling, they were swimming. But they ignored their diet, their weight, their cigarette smoking habits, and they died of heart attacks in the early 50s. And that led me to concentrate on what I call the six building blocks of wellness. I will challenge you this morning to think about these building blocks of wellness, of which fitness is only one. Number one is proper weight and diet. Number two is proper exercise. Number three is the elimination of tobacco in any form, but particularly cigarette smoking. Number four is the control of alcohol, elimination of habit-forming drugs. And number five is stress management. Number six is the importance of the periodic wellness examination. Let's think about those now. We now know that it's not just weight, it's percent body fat that is so dangerous. With an elevation in percent body fat, there's an increase in high blood pressure problems. There's an increase in strokes, increase in heart disease, increase in diabetes. But you can be big and be lean. You can be light and be fat. With modern technology, we feel proper weight must rely upon some type of percent body fat determinations. Electronic means, underwater weighing, are simply the measurement of skin folds. Determine your ideal body weight. What about your diet? We firmly believe at the aerobic center in Dallas we must analyze the person's diet before we can make recommendations. And they bring with them a three-day diary so we can look at their consumption of foods and vitamins and minerals. We also feel it should be correlated with their blood lipids, with their blood studies. With that information, percent body fat, analysis of diet, analysis of blood studies, we can give you a sophisticated recommendation regarding proper weight and proper diet. What about number two? Proper exercise. I firmly believe, as I published in Running Without Fear, that if you're past 40 years of age, if you want to continue exercising vigorously, safely for the rest of your life, it must encompass some type of regular stress tests, such as a maximum performance treadmill stress test performed at least every three years past 40 years of age. 
We also know that to exercise safely, to exercise without fear, you should adhere to these three basic guidelines. Always warm up for three to five minutes. Be sure the aerobic phase is not enough, but not too much. And remember, too, that the most critical time of the exercise is not during the exercise, but during the recovery, the three to five minutes as soon as you finish the activity. Let's look at those for a minute. The warm-up should consist of stretching type of activities, not strengthening type of activities. The aerobic phase, we have to think in terms of FIT, F, frequency per week, I, the intensity of the heart rate, T, the time or duration. One of these combinations will give you the training effect. You could exercise for 20 minutes with a heart rate slightly above 140 and do that four times a week. That's roughly running two miles in less than 20 minutes four times a week. Or you could exercise for 30 minutes with a heart rate slightly above 130 and do that even three times a week. Aerobic dancing for 30 minutes three times a week. Or if you're older, you could exercise for 45 minutes with a heart rate slightly above 110 and do that four to five times a week. You could walk four to five times a week. And all three will give you the same training effect. Even though there are 31 different exercises that qualify as being an aerobic, as published in the Aerobics Program for Total Well-Being. The top five I've listed are number one, cross-country skiing. Number two is swimming. Number three, jogging or running. Number four, cycling, indoor or outdoor. And number five is walking. And among those five, anyone here today can exercise safely and effectively, regardless of age, regardless of sex, for the rest of their lives. We also know that you can run a good thing in the ground. If you exercise by running more than 15 miles a week, you get minimal further improvements in the cardiovascular system. But you see an exponential increase in the number of injuries, musculoskeletal injuries. Aerobic dancers, if you exercise for more than four hours total per week, you get minimal further improvement in the cardiovascular system, but a marked increase in the number of injuries. And remember, too, that if you exercise and cool down for five minutes, and that heart rate is less than 120 at the end of the cool down, the aerobic phase was not too much. Number three on that list, break the cigarette smoking habit. It's the worst health hazard we have in the world today. Think about this. If you smoke a pack of cigarettes a day, it interferes with the blood circulation to the brain, and recently was shown it may be related to Alzheimer's disease. We also know if you smoke that pack of cigarettes per day, you're three times as likely to die of a heart attack as a person who doesn't smoke. If you smoke that pack of cigarettes a day, you're 20 times more likely to die of lung cancer. And yet we know in a shorter period of time as two weeks, you can improve the circulation of the brain if you stop smoking. In a shorter period of time as six months, you can reduce the risk of heart attacks if you stop smoking. But it takes 15 years once you break the cigarette smoking habit before you drop back to the low risk category as far as lung cancer. Why should I stop smoking, you might ask? Because you're six times more likely to die of a heart attack than you are at lung cancer. Number four on that list, and that is the control of alcohol, elimination of habit-forming drugs. With a marked decrease in deaths from heart attacks, some 30% since 1968, we're seeing an increase in deaths from cirrhosis of the liver, and we have at least 20 million known alcoholics in America today, of which 3 million are teenagers. Think about that. <coughs> Keep this in mind. We call it the CAGE questionnaire. Are you abusing alcohol now or in the future? Is it going to cause a problem? Remember this, C-A-G-E, it's an acronym. C, have you ever felt you should cut down on your beverage alcohol consumption? A, do people annoy you by criticizing your drinking? G, have you ever felt bad or guilty about your beverage alcohol consumption? And E, 
Do you ever have to have a drink first thing in the morning as an eye-opener? C-A-G-E. If you have to answer yes to one of those questions, now or in the future, alcohol has control of your minds. And what beautiful minds most of you have. We've been most impressed the last two days by seeing the potential of these people here. But it's not going to do you a bit of good if you die a heart attack at 45 or 50 years of age. I'm trying to encourage you to be fit for life. And number five on that list is stress management. And remember this, and most of us who are here today as honorees will really attest to the fact that it's not the stress that kills, it's the way you handle your stress that kills. Hans Selye once said, the stress is the spice of life. What would life be like if there's no runs, no hits, and no errors? Remember, too, that exercise is nature's best tranquilizer. Exercising at the end of the day can tranquilize that stress and may protect your stomach, your heart, protect you from having high blood pressure and a stroke. And finally, avail yourselves to what we know now in the field of preventive medicine as far as diagnostic studies. We know, for example, there'll be 60,000 people who will die of deaths from, will have, who will die of cancer of the colon or rectum this year. Estimated that 90% of those deaths can be prevented by proper preventive techniques. We know that breast cancer, which is the leading cause of death for American women 40 to 49 years of age, you can reduce those deaths by at least 33% by having regular screening examinations, including mammography. We know with stress testing, we can pick up disease of the heart before it causes that first and fatal symptom. And remember, the most common first symptom of severe heart disease in this country is sudden death. There is no second choice. <laughs> I've given you very rapidly the guidelines for wellness. The six basic component parts. You remember that exercise is only one part of a wellness program. And even though I can't guarantee you, if you follow my guidelines exactly, that you young people here today particularly will live one day longer. But I can assure you the life that you live will be a happier, a healthier, and more productive life. That's my wish for all of you. Thank you very much.